Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Last day of the week. Let's go on the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you along on an absolutely stunning Friday afternoon. Spring is here. Excellent weather. Huge weekend for Southern Miss. We're going to talk about it over the next hour. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Merkins from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, first segment brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue. A crazy weekend of activity, a flurry of weekend. Barbecue always makes it better. Go see our good friends uh, at the hometown team behind, uh, beside Turtle Creek Mall and Dickey's uh, in your community as well, cooked here, loved everywhere. Well, you want to talk about a weekend that's filled up. Spring football game, women's tennis on campus, beach volleyball hosting a tournament, the Southern Miss Invitational with John Stewart in the track and field, and, by the way, a three-game series against Conference USA foe Louisiana Tech. An amazing weekend, and really to kick it off, uh, we're happy to have with us, uh, joining us for a few segments today, Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean. Jeremy, you have nothing on your plate today. Thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour. <laughs> Actually, uh, multitasking, so it's not a problem. I'm out here. Uh, on the turf at the Rock, doing a little quick walkthrough in preparation for tomorrow. So trying to enjoy the sunshine. As, as I just listed all that, I mean, that is, I, I, that's, this is a crazy weekend. Did we plan it this way, or did we just kind of look up and say, oh, wow, everything's happening this weekend? No, we, you know, we definitely, it's a combination of both a little bit, but we definitely, you know, strategically placed our spring game uh, on this Saturday to try to, to try to really give people an opportunity. Hey, if you want to come to campus, You've got a chance to see a little bit of everything this weekend. And so come for the spring game, which starts at 10 o'clock Saturday morning. You know, go catch some beach volleyball. Go over to the track facility and catch some of the meat there. Uh, and then, then go over to baseball and, and, and you know, get, get a, a taste of what is going to be a really, really, really good series, important series uh, for our baseball program against Louisiana Tech. Well, we're honored to, that we're part of your multitask plans uh, for the next few minutes. Uh, so let's just get right to it. A lot to talk about with you. First and foremost, uh, the Conference USA Sunbelt uh, iffiness, fogginess uh, now behind you. Uh, Conference USA and uh, the Sunbelt and Southern Miss Marshall Old Dominion releasing statements this week. How does it feel to have that behind you, and what can you tell our listeners about this whole process? Yeah, it's it's a relief, obviously. I, you know, and I think we felt very confident the entire time. You know what the end result was, where we were headed. I, I don't think we shied away from saying that. We obviously, you know, uh, had the Sun Belt schedule out there and and, and and all those things. So it felt like this is where we would end up. We're very confident in that. Um, you know, personally, would love for it to happen in December and January, but glad we're at a place where. Uh, we can put a bow on it. We can get ready to move on. And I'm really excited about what that looks like for us moving into the Sun Belt, you know, on July 1st, 2022. 
Kelly? Football coming up right around the corner. You talk about the spring game tomorrow, Jeremy McClain, but now uh, football fans, season ticket holders now have before them their season ticket orders for next year. And there's been a change, and you know how people are when it comes to change. Talk us through, yeah. talk us through the season ticket process now for Southern Miss football fans. Yeah, actually, you know, Kelly, man, that's a great point. Obviously, we, we had kind of – waited until we had a bowl on this conference piece to really push out our season tickets. But one of the things we wanted to do, and I know change can be difficult, but one of the things we really wanted to do was get to a place where we could we could put in implement a uh, priority point system. So we could really reward people who are, are, are giving consistently and they're giving at a higher level and maybe they bought season tickets for multiple years, consecutive years. We put in a system that will reward those people. And as part of that plan, there really aren't any changes to the season tickets. As a matter of fact, Kelly, I don't. I think in the past decade, uh, we have increased a few sections from a ticket standpoint, but really haven't seen any significant increases from a ticket price standpoint. And so, and, and we're really not seeing any this year. What has changed is the way we go about the donation process. So, to sit in a certain section, a premium type section, in the past, you had to give at a at a let's let's say a $5,000 level Eagle Club, and then you could purchase ever, however many t- tickets you wanted to that section. Now we move to a per-seat donation standpoint. So for every ticket you buy, there's a, a smaller donation portion attached to that to sit in the premium area. And we ran the numbers before we decided to do this, and about 60% uh, of our accounts will actually see a decrease in what they owe as far as their donation plus their season ticket. So so it is a change, um, and some people may see uh, a, a small increase, uh, but for most, most folks, things won't change, or they may actually uh, be in a situation where their requirement is less than it was in the past. Well, I would just like to say, and I, and I don't expect you to comment on this, Jeremy, but I, I would just want to say if to Southern Miss fans, uh, it, to make money, it, it costs money. And if you want you know, better facilities, if you want you know, the coaches to be able to have more money to go out and recruit better players, which is going to translate into better teams, it's time to step it up a little bit. And I, I, try, to do yeah. t- I try to do 10% more every year. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but... You know, if everybody would do that, we'd be in a much, you know, much better uh, situation. Well, I appreciate that, Kelly. And I am sensitive that change is, you know, it's, it can be difficult. But, again, we, were, we really tried hard to limit the impact of the change. And so a per-seat donation structure and our priority point system structure is going to be really, really beneficial for us. And it's what most athletic departments around the country are doing. I would say probably upwards of 70% of, of athletic departments are, are, are doing this same system. And so we wanted to get to a place where we're always trying to get better. We want to do the things that are going to allow us to grow and get better. And we do want to limit the impact it has on our fans. And so, like I said, you've got the majority of our fans will not see an increase uh, or actually see a decrease in, in what their commitment is. But this program as a whole will allow us to be in a position to continue to grow. Athletic Director Jeremy McLean with us here on the Eagle Hour. I'm going to send you back to Luke in a minute, but I wanted to ask you, uh, Jeremy, you talked about the spring game. You got the big baseball series this weekend, and one of the, one of the big question marks people have had baseball-wise this year is about the new scoreboard. Can you bring us up to speed on, on that situation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, excited to kind of, you know, uh, we, we've had a release today to share some information about the new board. Really excited about what that means for the atmosphere there at uh, at the Pete. Uh, ideally, you wouldn't do that in the middle of the season, but we just 
lead times on everything you know these days is, it, it puts us in a difficult spot so rather than wait till the summer um we started this process uh, a while back almost a year ago but uh, it took us a while to get the board but instead of waiting till the summer we wanted to try to get that up uh in time for the conference tournament and so excited about that there we've taken the old school board and, and moved it over and it's serving as a temporary board while they construct uh the new structure but it will be a It'll be a video board that's completely video, right, from from every corner, uh, be completely video, and uh, it's going to be about twice as big as our previous board. And so really excited about the possibilities with that. You know, the fan experience from a standpoint of, of, of being able to show replays, and, and we've actually got a software system called TrackMan that will we'll be able to, you know, if someone hits a home run, we'll be able to share how far it traveled, what the, the launch angle was, exit velocity, all those types of things. So just a, a better interactive experience for our fan base. Jeremy, uh, would your would your exit velo or your pitching velo be higher if you were to uh, go out there right now and test it out? Well, I'll tell you this. Luke, the, the one thing that I've learned very quickly is that uh, uh, young young people these days throw a lot harder and swing it a lot harder than we did. So it's just part of getting older, I guess. And you know those umpires are going to love that replay. <laughs> <laughs> when that when that comes out uh, i want to um, a- ask you jeremy about uh, title nine a lot of people seem to be confused about that we talked coach mo the soccer coach was talking about how you know the women's program is where it is but that the men's program isn't funded and it, all this comes down to title nine i think mo- there's a lot of people out there that think title nine is all about how many sports are offered for both men and women but that's not what it's about at all can you kind of give us title nine 101 real yeah. quick yeah, it's a it's not a it's not as straightforward as I wish it was. We talk about how we number one how we how we complete the requirements of Title IX, but really it's not about that. It's about trying to create equal opportunities, and so the biggest part of that is opportunities from a scholarship standpoint. Uh, it's about you know the opportunities that are created for our female athletes versus our male athletes, um, and so those are the things you're kind of talking about. There are some places where we don't have as many male scholarships uh, specifically. Uh, in track, where you know, as we do female, because it's a balance issue, and so those those are the types of things that we're we have to watch, and it's really about opportunity. And, and so for us, as we talk about improving the peaks, which we've been able to do, you know, we are actually kind of right behind that our improvements to um, some of our women's sports, which you know, really from a Title IX standpoint, not only do we need to do that, we want to do that to make sure that our opportunities are, are equal. And it doesn't mean they have to look the same. They're not going to have, you know, it's not always going to be this this um, completely equal situation, but it is making sure that uh, our female sports have the opportunities, they have the facilities, they have the resources. And we've got some work to do on several of our facilities. And uh, I, I kind of hinted the other night that we've, we've got the strategic plan. And a big part of that is a facilities master plan, which includes numerous updates to our, to our Olympic sports and female yeah. sports, which I'm really excited about. You know, it's just like everything else. You try to chip away at it every day. And, uh, you know, don't don't know today as I stand here what that timeline is, uh, but I do know that uh, we've got a plan to, to continue to move that forward and make sure we continue to improve those facilities. Jeremy, uh, let's uh, let's take a quick break, come back, talk a little more about that, uh, a few more comments possibly about the Sun Belt. And we'll look forward to this weekend. We're visiting with Southern Miss Athletic Director Jeremy McLean on this Friday on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. A few, few minutes ago, you were multitasking out at the Rock, but it gets uh, started in the morning at uh, 10 a.m. We had Will Hall on earlier in the week, and, and football spring games in this day allow a lot of people to be on your campus, uh, a lot of uh, you know high school players, JUCO players, and coaches to be able to see what you have, and, and, and that's an, an exciting part about this weekend to pair it with the Louisiana Tech series. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, we're going to have a great group of uh, recruits and prospects here this weekend to, to enjoy the spring game. And I think we're going to have a great crowd. We've got a lot of former players coming back. Um, and, and I think people are genuinely excited about year two with Coach Hall and the, the recruiting process and what they've seen as far as addressing challenge, you know, challenged areas on the roster and, and uh, adding depth. And so I, I think we're going to have a great crowd Saturday. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing these guys get out here and compete and get to see some of these new faces and uh, show show everybody what they have. Speaking of The Rock, last Friday night, big uh, event, the campaign kickoff. And this was something that, you know, we talked uh, last year, and you had said that the, something was going to be coming down the chute. COVID kind of hit pause on it. But for our listeners yeah. that are really unaware of what happened last weekend and the plan going forward, bring us up to speed on that. Yeah, so we were able to last. Saturday night, as you mentioned, here in the stadium, have a well, campaign kickoff, capital campaign for the university, uh, and we made you know it was a great event, um, great production by the uh, Megan Burks and Stacey Mercier and, and, and a, the, the foundation at Southern Miss and the Southern Miss Athletics Foundation, and we're able to announce that uh, we're, we're kicking off a hundred and fifty million dollar campaign for the university. And, and as campaigns go, we've been working over the last couple of years during what's called the silent phase. And we've already uh, raised $109 million, uh, towards that $150 million goal. And so, you know, fingers crossed and not to put any pressure on anyone, but I really like our chances of, of, of really blowing by that goal and doing some really special things over the next couple of years on this campus. And, and the athletics portion of that, you know, is, is included in that number. And, it's you know, it's a, it's a big portion of that. Uh, and some of those things we've already seen kind of come to fruition, Bauer Academic Center, uh, beach volleyball and, and, and things like that. So, um, but, but we've got more things we want to do and really excited about what that looks like and, and, and really a, a transformational, I think, night for the university because it's really the first time that we've had a chance at the university to plan and implement a, a large capital campaign like this. Kelly? I wanted to ask you, uh, Jeremy, about the transfer portal. It's a double-edged sword. The football program has has taken advantage of the transfer portal, has brought some guys in. The basketball team has lost some players. But several of your colleagues nationwide have said, if in, in their opinions, if, and I'm paraphrasing here, that if the NCAA doesn't get a grip on this transfer portal thing, um, which is still kind of a shapeless ball of clay, really, uh, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to really, really wreak havoc on college athletics as a whole. What is your, what's your thought overall on those comments? Yeah, I, I share that sentiment that I don't think it's healthy to do what we're doing right now. Um, and I think the combination of name, image, and likeness along with the transfer portal definitely adds to that challenge. And, and so we're seeing, I think, we're seeing some of the concerns we all had come to life. Things we, we really knew were going to be issues, I think, are, are, are now now real life. And so uh, we're trying to work through that. I, you know, I'll say it's not, and it's not that I don't think student athletes should have the opportunity 
to transfer if if they need a better situation. It's just the way it's structured right now is is very difficult, and it's difficult to manage a roster. It's difficult to build a program. I just think that we're going to have to figure out a way to find some happy medium that still gives student-athletes flexibility but allows uh, coaches and, and athletic departments and teams to really be built uh, and not, you know, each year trying to trying to kind of manage that and rebuild the roster uh, each year. So, so that's that's where I'm at on it. Um, I do think we've got to make some adjustments and some changes, or we're really going to change um, over over the course of the next few years what college athletics is about. Jeremy. Going back to to the Sun Belt because uh, I think a lot of people saw this and you know it seemed as if some of the press releases that were coming out from Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion, um, not coordination, but I'm saying very they were worded very carefully and it seemed as if there was you know it, it, this process was easier because three people were at, were you know at the table making the same move versus you going against one conference and. You know, I think our listeners and the Southern Miss fan base kind of wants to know, you know, going going forward and then looking back, maybe some of the encouragement that, that you had during this process where you knew that it just wasn't Southern Miss versus, you know, Conference USA in these issues. I think it had, I think it was a huge um, advantage, so to speak, from the standpoint of just being able to confer with two other institutions that, that felt the same way, that wanted the same things. And, and, and like you said, not, not have to fight that fight, uh, alone. But, you know, I think for us, for all of us, uh, and I know, uh, I, I've talked to the other ADs quite frequently at, at, uh, uh, Old Dominion and, and Marshall. Um, I think we all just, on our campus for sure, you, you just, I knew, you know, my responsibility is to do what's best for Southern Miss. And so going ahead and speeding up this process was what was best. And we knew that it wasn't going to be easy. But to your point, having three schools with the same mindset and the same approach and trying to get to the same place, I think, I think was helpful throughout the process. Did, did the, you know, moving, moving the schedule up one year, and, and not to get in numbers, but whenever you guys announced in, in October, everybody kind of knew that, that Southern Miss was going to lose out on bowl revenue for, for two years. Was that some incentive to move up to know that in year two you would get something back from the Sun Belt, and that's why it's better for – that's one of the reasons why we went ahead and moved forward? I think in some in similar context, I do think there were some opportunities with we felt like not necessarily the bowl piece, but although that could be part of it, but just travel and 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 you know my my hope and and I firmly believe that we'll sell more tickets because of the of who we're playing and the regional rivalry aspect of that. And so we felt like you know not only was it the right fit for us and the right uh, timeline to go ahead and, and make that move, but we really just felt like. Um, you know, from a from a dollar and cent standpoint, uh, it was the right thing because we had an opportunity to move into the Sun Belt and and, and you know and, yeah. and realize some of those savings um, that we that we you know obviously would not have had we not done that. Yeah, and, and now that that's behind you, Jeremy, I'm sure we now need to find something for you to do. Uh, <laughs> 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 a lot of fans ask me about you know, based on dollars and cents again. The, the bond issue that was issued by the city of Hattiesburg, you know, some years ago about and some of the money was going to go to, you know, tourism and visitors bureau. Some of that was going toward Reed Green, for example. What, what's the status of that now and, and how much has that raised for the university? Yeah. So right now, Kelly, and I'm going to round, round this off. Sure. We're, we're uh, approaching four million dollars already 
brought into that account. Now, we have not at this point touched any of that money. We will soon, but we, we've kind of left it alone, let it build up. And the reason we did that is so we really would have a sense of what our budget would be. Uh, we, we weren't in a situation where we needed to go out and incur a lot of debt um, and just hope that that money came through. Uh, we were in a situation where we really needed to have a good understanding of what we were going to be able to, to, to bring in from the one-cent tax and then create a budget and put a plan together for regreen. So that's where we're at right now. We, we've got that money put away. We've got, obviously, more money coming in from the one-cent tax. So we have a pretty, pretty good sense of what that budget can be as far as renovations for regreen. So we've, as you guys know, we've started the planning process. We're meeting with architects on a regular basis. And so we're moving down that line of, of making those renovations. But uh, that's where we're at right now from the one-cent tax. It is, we've been very careful with it. We've, we've tucked it back in an effort to try to maximize what we're doing at Regreen. And will that, that continue? I mean, is, is, there a, is there an out strategy on that, uh, on that one-cent tax, or, or is it uh, here to stay? As far yeah, it's a, it's a, so it's a four-year kind of rolling cycle. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, so we're kind of entering maybe, the, I think, the last year of that first four years. Uh, but we think, you know, that will have an opportunity to be extended until uh, at least an eight-year window. Um, yeah. so we're kind of looking at that eight-year window right now as far as creating the budget. And there may be an opportunity for to go beyond that, but but we're focused on kind of building our budget based on that eight-year window and what, what it'll bring in over those eight years. What, what, yeah. What's kind of sad about that, Luke, is that you think on the surface that $4 million is a lot of money, and when it comes to <laughs> building projects, it's it's not a lot. Yeah, it I mean, runs, it, out, yeah, runs out really, really, I'll say this about really quick. The Reed Green project, you know, and I think people need to understand this, and we'll start communicating this more as we get into it. There are a lot of things in that building that have to be addressed that people won't see. Yeah. And so whether that's mechanical issues or, 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 or AC or whatever, whatever the case may be, plumbing, you know, there's some things that just have been ignored for many, many years. So we're going to have to spend some money on areas that aren't, quote, unquote, sexy. They're just going to be things sure. that have to be addressed for the building to, to have a, a, a future for us and be, a, and be a, a functional facility for us. Jeremy, give me your 10-second analysis of the weekend with Louisiana Tech. Oh, yeah. Well, 10 seconds. So uh, I think it's an interesting matchup. Our pitching staff is very aggressive in the zone. We don't walk a lot of people. We attack the zone. Their lineup is kind of the same way offensively. They're going to they're gonna swing the bat. They're going to be aggressive. And so I think that's a very interesting matchup to watch this weekend. And then I think the starting pitching on both sides, especially Friday and Saturday, are very good. I think they're Sunday guys, CBA right now. Yep. But all three of our starters have been great. So I think I think those starting pitchers, whoever can get into the bullpen first, I think has a great advantage. And uh, so I think those are the things to watch for. Thanks, Jeremy. You bet. Appreciate you guys. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. Fourth Street Bar and Grill. One word that comes to mind about Fourth Street Bar and Grill is family, uh, particularly Southern Miss family. A lot of uh, Southern Miss fans will will pregame, as the kids call it now, before big sporting events. And afterwards, of course, the Final Four will be on all the, all, on the sets this weekend. Shoot a game of pool, game of darts, uh, whatever. There's always everybody up for something. And uh, Booty and the gang will always have a game of trivia here and there. 
I'm telling everybody, you'll, it'll feel like family once you go there. Fourth Street Bar and Grill. We appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Don't forget their nine ninety five lunch today. It was a catfish Friday yesterday. I think it was a pork chops. All right, a lot to to work through, Luke Johnson, as to what Jeremy McLean had said, and it it had, it had been a while since um, our athletic director had been on with us. But of course, uh, the situation going on with with Sun Belt, you know, he he couldn't say a lot of things, and we certainly understand that. But a lot of good information that he shared with us today. Are there any particular points that jumped out at you? I mean, the, the fact that with the the campaign kickoff that of the you know 109 million that they've raised so far, they hope to raise 150 million. I think he used, and I don't want to put words in if it was wrong. Correct me if the adjective is is wrong. But it was a significant portion of that will be you know towards athletics, and. Under that, and, and I thought this was a, he said it in the last minute or so he was, he was on in the segment. A lot of the things that have to be done at Reed Green, fans will never see. And that is to your point about how quick, you know, millions of dollars right. can go. If you're not going to rebuild or completely, you know, gut or tear down and, and build a new facility, there's a whole lot of bones. That have to get fixed, and that's the stuff that when you know it's covered up with, you'll you'll never see it. And so some people can get frustrated with why didn't it look this way, and where are we spending all this money? And it's because the actual things, uh, the some of the needful improvements, have to take place, and, and nobody will ever notice them or be able to see them. Well, even some some friends that are, that will be through town or whatever, or will go to a basketball game or even a football game at the Rock. You know, some of the restroom facilities are really outdated and you don't have to be creative to figure out you know what i'm talking about as to how some of the restrooms are are really outdated uh so that was one of the things i'm sure he was he was talking about you know when they when the facilities were built in uh reed green in particular in 1961 which the year you know which is the year i was born so that tells you how old things are there i don't think a lot of those even things like that have been tended to so, um, like you said, it's uh, when it's not about just buying the house. You have to be able to pay for upkeep in the house, right? And it's time for the greenhouse to to get some TLC, and it doesn't take long. And you're finding that seeing in this building climate now, uh, post COVID, where you know building costs are going through the roof. No pun intended. That uh, that four million even gets a little bit smaller. But I'm glad that that efforts are being made. You know, along those lines, and and thankfully he explained the uh, you know the football season tickets. Sixty percent of the accounts looks like people will pay less. And to your point, I think you brought up this is kind of the industry standard now. Um, the way people are, uh, the way that athletic programs are are moving towards it. Uh, an, another standout to me is when he walked through um, the new scoreboard at the Pete. Of course, anybody that goes in tonight, uh, you'll. It, the the old scoreboard was taken down, you know, right after um, the the first home series with with FAU. So the new scoreboard coming in, and uh, no, not in question the conference USA tournament. It will be in Hattiesburg, Kelly, in late May. Yeah, and that didn't surprise me because contract the ink on those contracts were dry a long time ago, and it's not as easy just to yank a big tournament out from underneath somebody as people thought. Uh, if if Conference USA would have gotten fired up enough. They probably they probably could have have gotten out of that. But remember, you're, that would be a very decisive and gutsy move, which Conference USA has never shown an inclination to make. Yeah, uh, either gutsy, 
or anything like that, or a decision in general. Um, they just have never really been too decisive. So I wasn't worried about that. And then, and then probably the last thing on the Sun Belt, obviously, you know, because of legal ramifications and stuff, can't never know what some of the the uh, official officially what some of the numbers were and stuff. But just the fact that that the three schools were working together and stayed in contact with each other, and I think that's what exuded the the confidence that that we've had the whole time that this was just Conference USA trying to play a game of chicken, and and ultimately they had they were forced to blink first. I think that that just shows you, you know, Jeremy's uh, leadership ability, and I was thankful to hear that. And I think that if you want to peel it back a little bit further, I, I would dare say, and I have no proof of what I'm about to say. This is purely hypothesis, speculation on my point, on my on my part, is that those three schools, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss, it seems to me, have been unhappy with the lack of leadership at the top, but were not able to get other Conference USA members on board as far as making a change at the top. Some of the other schools said, well, we don't want, you know, we, Commissioner McLeod, we came into the league while, you know, she brought us into the league. So it would be, we wouldn't be loyal to her if we went and fired her when she was the one that brought us on board, among other things. Right. But I think those three schools, Old Dominion, Marshall and Southern Miss, were trying to make a change at Conference USA, but they couldn't do it by themselves. So you get to a point where you're tired of beating your head against a wall and say, all right, if this isn't going to happen, then we got to we got to go somewhere else. And now that has happened. And and I'm really glad. Um, Can I make one other point, Luke, about about the football and and the Eagle Club? Uh, I was talking about how you you try to give 10 percent more each year. And I know, and, and, and the university's thankful for any money that anybody gives. Don't get me wrong. But you, you go into the grocery store now, and for that gallon of milk that you paid last year, you're paying a dollar and a half more for it now, all right, as an example. So you may have been giving the same amount of money for the last 10 years or so, and that's great, and the university will take it. But if you can, maybe rethink, you know, look, I haven't, I haven't upped my contribution in the last 10 years or so, I can probably do a little bit more. You know, so if you'll just, if you'll just kind of eat that elephant a small bite at a time and maybe just make small increases each year, and you'll be surprised at how quickly you'll get up that giving ladder and get those tickets that you want or get that priority parking or whatever that you want because we all want great things, but it costs money. Great things cost, you know, top-of-the-line stuff costs money. So just, I would just want to encourage everybody, if they can, to try to do that. Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, let's talk uh, just for the rest of the time in this segment about the uh, baseball series this weekend, Southern Miss 28 RPI, Louisiana Tech 33. If you want to see pitching, <laughs> Pete Taylor Park's the way to be. So uh, Jeremy mentioned it, I think, that that uh, Louisiana Tech Sunday starter not named yet. Southern Miss will be going with Tanner Hall, Hunter Riggins, and Hurston Waldrop. Uh, tonight, Louisiana Tech will throw Jonathan Fincher. Tomorrow, they'll throw Cade Gibson. Both of those are, are lefties. Both of those guys of Southern Miss have seen the last few years. All right, Kelly. Between the five starting pitchers that have been named, between Tech's uh, two and between Hall, Riggins, and Waldrop, combined win-loss, 16 wins, two losses on the year, and an average 2.64 ERA for the starting pitching for both teams this weekend. I don't think you'll ever see that the rest of the season. I think, uh, so I, I think maybe even in the regionals you wouldn't, you wouldn't even necessarily see that. But something's got to give. Right, because the two teams aren't playing each other eight times this year like they like they did last year. And I think the reason that Tech didn't name a starter for Sunday 
is that Lane Burroughs, who's the head coach, of course, at Louisiana Tech and a former Southern Miss assistant, I think he wanted to see how these first two games went. And, and if he had some pliability and some flexibility, for example, if they happen to beat Southern Miss the first two games, that totally makes his decision different for Sunday, in my yeah. view. Although he'd probably say, oh, no, we want, we want to win all three. But I think that's probably why it's a TBA for Sunday for them. He wants to see how these first two games go. These teams are – I think Bob went, went through this. Uh, Louisiana Tech's played one more game since then against Dallas Baptist. But you want to talk about teams that are kind of like mirrors of each other? Southern Miss batting two eighty three um, as a club. Louisiana Tech batting two eighty two as a club. The Golden Eagles uh, staff ERA – Right now is 317. Louisiana Tech's a little higher at 395. Opponents hitting 232 off Louisiana Tech. Opponents hitting 234 off Southern Miss pitching. I mean, you want to talk about and and it's you know it just goes back to it. They familiar. They're they're, they're built well. And I mean, credit Lane Burroughs. I mean, his team's 18 and seven right now after losing all of that that talent um, last year. That senior you know heavy uh, laden talent. But uh, the Golden Eagles really. Going into this, they've they've kind of been roller coaster up and down with uh, with errors. They'll you know they they played started the season with with a lot of errors and then cleaned it up and then just kind of a you know three or four error performance will come out. Can't do that. Golden Eagles need to continue not walking people. They've only walked fifty two uh, on the year. Louisiana Tech a little higher at seventy nine, but Southern Miss with that starting pitching needs to continue to have one of the best uh, strikeout to walk ratios and make La Tech earn everything they get this weekend. Yeah, it's not it's not the 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 walks necessarily that's going to kill you it's the hit behind the walks all right you put two guys on and then a guy gets a double that's what's going to kill you all right so yeah the 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 point is certainly well made about about walks and lane burroughs has built his team very much like scott barry has built his but the eagles have got the fan base this weekend and it's going to be nuts at pete taylor park you you sure you don't want to uh, retract your prediction yesterday from rammy motors Two out of three for Southern Miss. It'd be like me and Dakota. You sure? Yeah, two, still time. Two out of three. I think. I, and I think if you can beat La Tech, two out of three, you take it and run. Uh, there's still time to, to, to grab a broom with me and to soar to new heights. <laughs> I, I just. I mean, I, I have to go with the record, Luke. I got to go with sure. the record. I get it. Okay. All right. Last break of the day before the weekend. We will wrap up the Eagle Hour right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. They're proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Great pro shop facilities, uh, indoor, uh, 70-yard indoor running facility, and eight batting cages. DBAT, D1, DBATHattiesburg.com, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. We appreciate Jeremy McLean joining us in the first two segments of today's show. If you missed that interview, Manny talked about a lot, talked about uh, the, the move to the Sun Belt football season ticket. So uh, if you've had some questions about that, go back. Later on, you can listen on demand, supertalk.fm, or uh, you can also check us out in podcast form, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. He also talked about the uh, campaign uh, kickoff, where the they're raising 150 million dollars for the university, along with uh, with other things. So appreciate Jeremy's time today, 
Uh, Kelly wasn't like he had anything else going on, right? Oh my gosh, that poor guy. Since he's got here, I, I don't. I don't even know if he's been home yet. Been crazy. Uh, yeah. Big weekend in Hattiesburg. Track and field hosts the Southern Miss Invitational. Over twenty teams on campus as uh, Coach John Stewart and, and the Southern Miss. Uh, Defending Conference USA indoor champions uh, start the outdoor season. Also, beach volleyball hosting their first home tournament, and uh, the Lady Eagles will take on Nichols and Chattanooga at two thirty and four thirty today, as well as Huntington tomorrow. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, Huntington tonight uh, at eight thirty, and then Spring Hill and Texas A&M Kingsville tomorrow at 2.30 and 4.30. A couple more events uh, this weekend, obviously, with uh, the spring game at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Baseball, 6 o'clock tonight, 2 p.m. first pitch, uh, and then 1 1 p.m. on Sunday. Tennis also hosting UAB tomorrow at noon. So no excuse why you can't watch Southern Miss this weekend. And, Kelly, one of the things we were concerned about early on, uh, there's a chance of of rain earlier in the week that looks like it's going to be cleared out. 72 sunny with a north four mile an hour wind uh, tonight. First pitch uh, tomorrow at two sunny with a high of or at right at 76, and then Sunday is going to be right at 72 and sunny. An absolutely perfect weekend for baseball. That's springtime, springtime in in South Mississippi. And while the USFL is getting ready to kick off in a couple of weeks, and we're going to be talking more about that in, in the next couple of weeks, the National Football League draft. We'll be slated at the end of this month now that we are in April and we've got some Southern Miss-related news in the National Football League, Luke. Yeah, and, uh, several uh, developments. First off, man, congrats to Cedric Scott, former Southern Miss defensive uh, lineman, really played an exceptional job uh, back in the late 90s, and, and I think he finished up in 2000 along the Stowart defensive line. He's been uh, on the uh, strength and conditioning staff for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, for a decade. And now Cedric Scott of Southern Miss has been named as the head strength and conditioning coach for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the National Football League. So congrats to Ced Scott. Uh, good stuff. General Manager uh, of Jacksonville said Cedric has been an outstanding leader in our strength and conditioning department for several years, and they met with several qualified ca- candidates and became that he was the best fit to lead the program. Congrats well, to Ced Scott. Yeah, and they good did, stuff. he better be on top of his game because they've got a lot of money invested in that young quarterback, and they got to make sure he stays healthy. Kelly, we also talked about uh, how the AFC West has now become kind of the quarterback uh, central with Russell Wilson going to Denver and then, of course, uh, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. But Derek Carr has a new backup. He does. And we've been, I'm so glad that Nick Mullins is going to get another shot in the, uh, of course, he played for the other team in the Bay Area in San Francisco but before Oakland moved to Las Vegas. But he's going to be a Raider. We're in the black and silver. Uh, backing up Derek Carr in, I mean, the whole AFC, Luke, this this coming season, ridiculous as far as quarterbacks go. You just talked about the AFC West. Then you got the AFC North where you got our boy Joe Burrow at Cincinnati. You've got uh, uh, Lamar uh, Jackson, right, with uh, Baltimore. Uh, am I, I, is that right? Is that yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lamar Jackson at Baltimore. Um, and you got Deshaun Watson, um, we think, uh, with Cleveland. Pittsburgh is really the only one who doesn't have a quarterback status at this point. And then in the AFC East, you got the guy from Buffalo whose name is Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I finally remembered it. I finally got it. Yeah, Mac Jones at, uh, at New England. I mean, good heavens. I mean, <laughs> the only two quarterbacks of note, no disrespect to Jameis Winston or Dak Prescott, but on the highest level, 
the only two guys in, that are left in the AFC are Aaron Rodgers and the guy in Tampa, the ageless one. I'll last uh, last news for the week, just because I want to do it. World Cup draw announced today, Kelly. Group B shall be England, Iran, the European playoff winner of either Wales, Ukraine, or Scotland, and the United States of America. It's like it's like the British Empire, like. Yeah, the group of the former British. I don't think they actually, the British actually ruled Iran, but they had significant political interest a long time ago. But yeah, if uh, if if Scotland or Wales gets into that, what a group! Crazy. Did you say empire? <laughs> you know, I always want to go into the, my emperor, you know, Palpatine. You know, when you when you say emperor. Hey, Michael Thomas. Also, we forgot Luke. Michael Thomas yeah. from Southern Miss has re-signed with the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. So, way to go. go, way to go, Mike. All right, perfect weekend. Lots of Golden Eagle stuff. I'm still calling it. I'm gonna have a, uh, a broom on Monday, buddy. I hope Golden you're Eagles right. Favor. I hope yeah. you're right, buddy. I sure do. We'll see everybody this weekend. Great week. Of the Eagle Hour, and we'll catch you back Monday, same time. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.